You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. Man, we've known each other for like, is it five years maybe? Like five At years. At least five yeah. years, right? Um, I mean, we could talk about how we met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. I feel like um, over those five years, I feel like you sort of have shown a consistency and a commitment to your craft. Um, Thank you. I feel like as a writer, as a storyteller, as someone who's, as a messenger, really, you're sort of like sharing stories, sharing your own story, um, and helping us all to sort of see how everything connects. So I I really appreciate, you know, being able to speak with you because I feel like you have a a great responsibility of sort of someone who understands the power of writing and the power of words. So I'm very happy to have you on the podcast. And without any further ado, please introduce yourself. (laughs) Hi, uh, thanks for having me, Taj. My name is Natalia Whaley. I am a journalist, primarily digital journalist. That's always been my space online. Kind of like all around creative. I've done events and things over the years. We can talk about that later. But yeah, digital journalist and creative is kind of what I call myself. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, really, thank you for being on the open canvas. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, this is dope. Absolutely. Yeah, so so we met at Afropunk, if I'm if yeah. exactly, is that right? <laughs> but it was like, well, it was five years ago, right? I was probably, I think it was about five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it was a brief interaction, like mm-hmm. we, we connected, but um, since then, I feel like you know, we sort of were doing our own thing. Yeah. And I remember, like, sort of seeing that you were just doing more journalism work. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think you were also traveling as well. Um, and yes. I just would just see how, you know, committed you were to sort of, like, making sure that your voice was heard through writing and your perspective was heard on what was happening in the world. So, and I remember you were even doing profiles on... I'm getting ahead of myself, but <laughs> you're doing profiles on friends and, and people in your life who you um, valued and saw their work as valuable, or even their perspective and worldview view as valuable. Yes, yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll get into all of that. Um, but, but yeah, can you uh, tell us where you're from? So, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. I grew up in Bed-Stuy mm. um, until I was about 14. Mm. Then I moved to Crown Heights. Mm. And so, now I live... I kind of live in the same area. It's like borderline Crown Heights, East Flatbush. Yeah. And so, born and raised in Brooklyn. The only time I left was to go to Howard in D.C. So yeah. I went there for four years. And then, you know, I wanted to be in New York. I loved the movements of New York and how... I just felt like there was so much to get into. So I just came back and I've been here ever since. Yeah. 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 That's what's up. That's what's up. And for you, like, being at Howard, would you say, like, even... Like there, that was where you like fell in love with journalism, or was it before that? Oh man, when did I fall in love with journalism? So I would say it was our early age. Like mm. my mom, actually, I don't know if she has the photo of this, but she <laughs> claims that I would be in the crib like reading magazines mm. and like you know she always had Essence magazine, so she was like yeah. how like I would always be flipping through the mags, mm. and my sister would um, she would always have subscriptions to like all the hip hop magazines and like. All the throwback stuff that's not even in existence yeah. now. So I would always flip through that. And so I always had like this strong affinity for like words and visuals, mm-hmm. specifically magazines. So that was what I first wanted to do when I, I think by like 14 or 15, mm-hmm. I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was to the point where I actually got to do like the summer journalism workshop in high school. Yeah. I got into this program and it was called New Youth Connections. Okay. And it was like a newspaper for high school students wow. in New York City. Okay. So okay. yeah. So what were you doing in that, that organization? Um, so it was for the summer. Mm-hmm. And so basically they taught us how to pitch, how to develop a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so two of our ideas, we got to work on it and they printed it in the mm-hmm. in the newspaper. Nice. So I don't remember the second one for some reason, but <laughs> the one that I still very clearly remember, mm. um, the one that I did get to do reporting on, it was about food insecurity mm. in the black neighborhoods versus like white neighborhoods. Mm. So my dad, this was back when there wasn't really like a movie theater. Well, it never really was a movie theater in Bed-Star or anything like that. But yeah. <laughs> he used to take us to Park Slope mm. to like go to the movie theater over there. And I remember we'd go out to eat over there and I always recall just like wow there's such a difference between over here and Mm. like where we live why is that so as I got older I was like oh I want to write about this and I didn't know there was a language for it I didn't know something called food insecurity and that's Mm. actually a thing Mm. and did my research and I wrote a story about that and they actually they had they had like anthologies that they would print so I got to be published in that the following year like it was cool so at 15 or 16 like I was already published (laughs) wow wow (laughs) yeah and I I just like yeah if that's not like the clear example of like doing something like you're meant to do I don't know what it is because like you (laughs) when you have something on your heart to do and even like at that age you may not even know what that's going to become yeah like even just being curious enough to see what steps it takes to get it done and you did that yeah you yeah, know yeah. at a super early age so was that something you were aware of or were you just like this is well what happened was my english teacher came in the classroom mm. and was like oh there's this program you okay. guys should apply for it mind you the deadline had passed mm. and i still applied anyway mm. and they let me in wow, wow so i wouldn't have known about it unless my teacher told us about yeah. it so i would have to credit the community i was in in high school mm. um for actually even like informing me of that. But wow. then I also took the opportunity to like yeah. do it anyway. You took the initiative. Yeah. 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 So I got in and then once I got in the program, it was like they gave me the space to be mm. me. So, you know, I I think it's, it's a testament to having spaces for youth mm. to really be themselves. And that was probably, I would not have been able to do that unless that program existed. Yeah. Because they did take us on trips to, they took us on a trip to New York Times, mm. Condé Nast. Like, so I got to see, oh, wow, the inner workings of like different kinds of publications. Right. And so that was really good for me to like see it. Yeah. You know, at and, su- such an early age. Yeah. Like know? 15 or, I'm like, wow, I didn't know. Mm. Mm. I could actually come in here and people would talk to me and acknowledge yeah. me. So yeah, that was cool. And it just feels, I mean, just optically, it's good to even be in those spaces. You yeah. Know? I feel like you have access to those spaces as well. You know, I think that's really right. important, you know? And then like, because when you grow up in New York, New York is very segregated and mm. it's like... Ironically, Socio- right? <laughs> Socioeconomically. Under the, under the surface, yeah. Yeah, they try to brand it as this melting pot and everyone's welcomed and, mm. you know... But really, if you grow up on one side, there's no guarantee you're going to get to be in these buildings. You just see the buildings. You don't know what's happening inside of them. And my parents were like, my dad was a, he worked for MTA and my mom was a teacher. So they didn't have that corporate like background. So with me, it was like going to that program was like eye-opening because it got me into those spaces and I saw what was behind these big buildings that I would always see growing up Mm. and that was very like oh wow I grew up in New York but there's all these different facets to it that I don't 
I wouldn't be able to see if I didn't have someone say, okay, come through this door. Yeah. But you, there's really no one saying come to the door. You just have to right. know right. someone that knows someone. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So from that experience of even starting to work on your writing skills in that program, where did you take it after that? Once I did that program and mm. I was like, that was a lot of, got, gave me a lot of validation. Mm. So I, I think that year, I did the yearbook at my school. Like I was like mm. the editor for that. Um, and then I applied to Howard and I got into their journalism program. Mm. Um, and it's funny because there was a journalism elective in my high school. So I took that mm. course. And then my teacher for that, she stopped me one day and she was like, where are you applying? And I was mm. like, telling her all these schools. Mm. And then she was like, you better apply for Howard. You have to apply. <laughs> And it was another sign of just like mm. the right community. Like she told me to apply for Howard. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I just did what she told me to do. Yeah. I got in and then I, when I went on the tour, I was like, oh my God, I have mm. to come here. Like, <laughs> and my parents were with me and they were like, yeah, yeah you gotta come no here. Question. Yeah, you got this. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents like, mm. because there's such a gap between myself and my older siblings, like mm. by the time it was time for me to go to school, they had the money to like, support me so they were like you're the child that can do it mm. and you're more than prepared to do it we really want you to have this opportunity wow. Wow. so you know I did it for the family I did but also I was just privileged like right timing to just mm. go and be able to take the opportunity right yeah right. so that's, that's basically it. what yeah. I took it to Howard and nice. like Join the journalism programs out mm. there. Nice. So how is it sort of like now taking your skills like somewhere else? You're, you're no longer like in your neighborhood or in your on your home turf to sort of write. Like what? Yeah. What were you drawing from? Like what was your inspiration for writing then? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I think just being in that school, it was just everyone there is brilliant, and when you're like, <laughs> like when that. you come from like. When you're in your high school and you're used to being on honor roll all the time and you're told you're the brilliant kid in, mm. in the school, one of the brilliant kids, and then you get to a place like Howard, everyone was told the same thing. It's like, you're, it's humbling as hell. Mm. And so I think for me, coming into that space to write, it really helped me to just focus on the work and yeah. not so much this whole, oh, you're brilliant. And it's like, no, now you're in college and it's a new level of like work that you have to put in. The professors are like looking at your 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 article drafts like mm. this is bs like yeah. <laughs> all these red marks and <laughs> Turn it up. i'm crying in my <laughs> dorm i'm like i'm never gonna make it and like <laughs> i know so many people that dropped out the course mm. like it was like i'm switching my major this is too yeah. hard i was like yo this is this is real mm. I, I i even had to take there was one of the courses the foundational courses it was called reporting and writing mm. which is like the Hayes course mm. at our school yeah. where it's like the deciding factor for whether you can like... Are you built for this? Yeah. <laughs> and it was one professor, Professor Kagwa. He's retired now, but he's taught so many like Howard alum, like people that are on CNN, people who have been editor-in-chiefs of like big publications. Like he is like the OG. And everyone was so scared of his class because... He, if he knew you had it, he would like push you through. But if you were BSing, he was like, yeah. I'm not. Mm -hmm. He either gave you like, he either gave out like A's or like D's. Like yeah. <laughs> he didn't really have in-betweens. It was like crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. I took, I actually took the course with another professor and then I came back around and took it again with him. And I'm mm. like, all right, he's probably harder, but I'm right. just going to do it. Yeah. But it was crazy. Like 
the way he taught us how to write, mm. I liked how he taught me. And so I adapted it immediately. And mm. when I went out and did my first assignment for the um, class, he read my article out loud. Mm. It was like, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> I was wow, like, wow. Coming from him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, last semester I yeah. flunked this course yeah. because yeah. the professor I had, I don't know, me and her didn't connect. Mm. But with him, I was like, okay, I see what I'm supposed to be mm. doing. And um, to this day, his his like tactics i still use them. yeah 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 wow so so what was it about you know the style of writing that connected with you that you sort of feel like you can express yourself through what was it that um he taught us to draw from like fiction and like mm. imagery and emotions like explain that explain that uh i mean i mean like looking at like when you walk in a room if you're covering an event or if you're doing a profile on someone like mm taking notes on their height, what they're wearing, like what color their eyes are, their their mannerisms. Are they shy? Are they more extrovert? You know, are they like just paying attention to everything? And if you ever like read like really in-depth profiles, you're like, how did they like get all? But it's a skill to be very intentional about what you're paying, like what you're collecting those notes on every little detail. Right. You know, the tone of their voice, like all of that. And so... He taught us to do that, but then also not just the writing part, but it's the reporting part, which is asking the right questions, listening to people, having good follow-up questions, doing the research to back up what you're saying. Um, Just the whole thing. I feel like through him, I really was able to like grow. And it's really like, Sometimes teachers matter, like who you get as a teacher really matters because you might not connect to one teacher, but then another teacher may get through to you. Unlocks some doors. Yeah. So I feel like he really, so many students did not like him because I guess he was so hard, Mm. but for for whatever reason, I guess I was just really lucky Mm. and that I really connected connected to him. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like. For me, even you explaining that, Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I'm even thinking of like some of the, whether it's journalism or even books that I read, like I was just talking about Toni Morrison. Yeah. And I feel like she was very good at that. Like, even if she wasn't reporting, she was very good at painting the picture of what was happening or what the room looked like prior to even telling you what even happening in the room. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's sort of like a real skill to be able to like really almost like transport a reader into the room or mm-hmm. into the space that you're writing about. That sounds dope. Yeah, like really- <laughs> they always say like, don't just tell, show me, don't mm-hmm. tell me. Like that's like the art of mm-hmm. journalism. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Howard, um, so were you writing for the school as well or writing for, for a paper? Yeah, and, I was yeah. part of... So there was a student there. She was like, I think a year or two older than me. She started a magazine. It was a digital magazine. Mm-hmm. And this was like, the professors were kind of like, what? Online magazine? Yeah, that was but- very... I remember that time period. It was like, yeah, it's not a real magazine. Yeah, yeah that, whole, that whole thing. They were kind of like, oh, okay. But she, <laughs> she figured out a way to like mm-hmm. get the professors to be like... Um, I guess like every faculty member like advised like different groups mm. on campus. So she, we had an advisor and all that stuff. And it was, a lot of kids were interested in it. And I was like an entertainment editor and like I helped cover events on campus, interviewed artists, um, wrote reviews. And it was kind of like my first time getting a chance to really define 
my voice, mm. but also just represent like our generation and what we were into at the time. Right. Um, yeah. The student newspaper I wrote for like periodically. I never joined the staff. That's a whole yeah. other story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was supposed to be on the staff my senior year, but something happened on their end, and we're not gonna talk about that. I was supposed to be the lifestyle editor, and somebody messed up on the inside, and people were pissed. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, by senior year, I had started my mm. own blog, so that's uh, a whole other story. But yeah. yeah, those I say junior, sophomore, and junior year, I was on the student magazine, mm. and then I did college radio sophomore and junior year. What, what was that like? What was it that? was so fun. Yeah, yeah. It was. So what, what was it was just like playing so songs, or were you like having people? I had on? a whole like I had production. Sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I actually the other day, as I told you, I was moving in February. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I found all this stuff from elementary to college. Just literally, I moved out of my parents' mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. and. I found this binder that I had this production notes from my shows. Wow. Like I had like segments, breakdowns, and like themes for the music I was yeah. gonna play. Like yeah. I was not playing. Yeah. And I so my my sophomore year I had a show called it was called the Midday Cafe. Mm. And so I was on three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for two hours. And it was uh I think it was from twelve to two. Mm. But yeah, it was we were supposed. To, I was supposed to play like R and B and like chill hip hop yeah. because it's like the midday. So I'm supposed to help people right, get through right. like that time crunch before lunch. For <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. It was fun, <laughs> and I got to interview. Um, was it Jay Holiday Lake or in um, during that time period though? Oh yeah, he was like hot at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he had that. What was what was the bed? Man, right yeah. <laughs> and he came in it was like. Yo, what's up? Like, I was just like, oh my God, is this happening? All his people in the station, wow. and I'm just there like... <laughs> but I was like, I got this, I'm going to do it. Right, they right. might, I don't know if they even have the recordings anymore, but... Oh, if we unearth but, those, if we, if we find those archives, <laughs> yo... That was a moment. Yeah. That was a moment. But that's the dope part about mm. being like at Howard's like those student radio. Because yeah. they would actually, mm. when those artists came, they would have to stop at the mm. student radio station. So right, right. people like me who had a show, it's like the managers would be like, oh, they're coming by at this time, so be ready mm. with your question. And they would just let us do whatever. Because wow. they, if they, the thing is, you had to go through a hiring process to get on the, to get in the station. Right. So they trust you if they bring yeah. you Once on. You're in there, it's like, yeah, yeah. go for it. But yeah, it was cool, and um, I think I won Rookie of the Year (laughs) at the end of the year. So that was cool. That's fire. That was cool. And then the following year, I had a show with my friend. It was on a, it was a weird time, like Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. It wasn't as popping. I don't think. I I like my. (laughs) I like my first show better. But yeah. yeah. I mean, like I was saying, I feel like your voice sounds like it's very good for like Mm -hmm. you know these radio (laughs) podcasting. You'd be very good at it. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. For sure. For sure. I'm I'm considering it. Mm-hmm. I'm considering yeah, it, but you know, just a thought, just a thought. But, I might go back. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's really dope. So after school, like, what was your next step? Like, what did you what, what did you just like, say? I'm, I'm gonna stay down here, or did you say I'm going back to New York? I went back to New York because okay, mind you, I was doing my internships right. all those summers. Right. So right, I'm right. hoping that maybe I'll get hired somewhere. Mm. But the industry started to change, and we had heard about you know the recession and yeah. people. Some of the people that had graduated, the alum, who were probably like three or four years older than, older than us, they were telling us about how hard it was. And so we had that insight. But 
once it was time for me to go, I knew people that were like, yo, I'm about to stay an extra semester mm -hmm. just so I can like do another internship and hopefully get it. Like people started coming up with all these yeah. tactics and I'm like, I just want to get out of here. Like <laughs> I want to stay here another semester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I got out of school, it was tough. I applied for a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. I was on mediabistro.com, mm -hmm. um, all the sites, applying, applying, applying. And then I ended up taking a job at Potbelly as a cashier, mm -hmm. just working there for a year. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was I was using Twitter a lot at yeah. that time. Yeah. So I was following all these other alum who were, like I said, like three or four years older than me who were in the industry. And I was like mm -hmm. DMing them like, hey, can I meet up with you uh, for a few minutes just to talk about you know what I've done so far? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were very much like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was this guy named John. Um, John Kennedy, he was at the time he was at Vibe and mm -hmm. he was like, I can't get you a job, but I can get you an internship mm -hmm. in the fall. Mm -hmm. I didn't even have to do an interview for it. Wow, I just yeah. can't. They were just like, oh, you know, John, just come in on <laughs> it was some like yeah, wild yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that internship was interesting because at the time they were in Harlem on 125th Street mm -hmm. and that office was it was a lot going on in there, I'll just mm -hmm. say. Uh, but it was cool because we got to do a lot of writing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't paid because at the time they weren't paying in turn. Right, right, right. Um, no, there was no like lawsuits yet. <laughs> like, cause that, I know that was a big industry thing. Right, right. But I did what I had to do and I worked mm -hmm. um, at Potbelly. Literally, that was September 2011. Mm -hmm. Okay, 2012 comes. I Once the internship was done, I left mm -hmm. and I got to do some print stuff for them here and there but you know it wasn't a job right so i started writing for i think i did something for ebony i was reaching out to the editor there because mm. she had just got the job there and she was also a howard alum so i kind of used that to like right. plug myself but right. i also came ready with pitches like mm. when i met with her i said i have ideas this is what i want to do and she was like okay yeah and assigned them to me immediately so anytime i met with, with somebody mm. i always came with like ideas ready mm. you know mm. um so that summer comes, still at Potbelly. I'm like, cool. Finally, I find an opportunity that's like more consistent. And it was, so at the time, AOL Music had some music sites. They had their, they had a whole, like they had verticals for rock music, hip hop, everything. And so their hip hop vertical is called the Boombox, right? Mm -hmm. And I got connected to the editor over there because I think two summers ago, I had wrote for her briefly yeah. at another site. Mm -hmm. She didn't remember me because the time was so brief. Right, right. But she said, I like your clips that you sent. Mm -hmm. So come in and meet with me because I actually need a New York-based writer because my mm -hmm. other writers in, are in Atlanta and L.A. Wow. Literally, the following month, I was in their freelance system. And I didn't know how consistent it was going to be. So I kept my job at Potbelly. Yeah. And literally, like... I started getting so many assignments that I had to leave Potbelly because yeah. it was freelance, but I didn't know, like I said, how often. Right, right. So I got one assignment. It was to interview Big Crit wow. about his album. Yeah. Um, I think it was Forever. All this stuff is called Forever Something. I forgot. Forever which... in a Day? Was it Forever in a Day? Or... I don't say. I, I almost want to so like look it up right now. It was wait, 2012, wait, 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 wait. so. All right. Yes, let's be accurate. You know, accurate. Yeah. <laughs> accurate. <laughs> let's be accurate. Live from the underground. I remember this album cover. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was it. So live from the underground. Yeah, that so was I got it. to yeah. interview him. And literally, like, I found out 
I was in DC visiting my friends and I came back and she was like, oh, I need you to go interview Big Crit. So I had to call out of work. Mm. And I, I had a moment where I was like, are you going to actually go to work? Are you going <laughs> to go interview Big Crit? And I was yeah. like, you're going to call out of work yeah. and go interview Big Crit. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I did what I needed to do. Yeah. And then that whole summer, it was just a bunch of assignments. So I think I got in the system in June and I quit Potbelly that July, yeah. the next month. Wow. Yeah, it was, I was writing for them for probably till the ending of that year. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I got the job at working at BET.com the mm-hmm. following January, okay. January 2013. And that was my first like in office job. Mm-hmm. It was permalance, which is yeah. such a horrible system. Yeah. And I wish. I mean, it's the, it's the normal now, right? Permalance yeah. is like almost everybody. But it was an opportunity because mm-hmm. it was part-time at first. It was mm-hmm. like 20 hours. Mm-hmm. That's what the editor told me. She was like, you'll have a desk. Well, actually, I didn't even have a desk for a while. I was rotating mm-hmm. in the office. But then being, some things got shaken up. People were leaving. And then eventually it was like, could you stay longer? Could mm-hmm. you stay longer? And then it became 40 hours. Right. More than 40. So I, yeah. within a year and a half, it became a full-time mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um it was just permalance. Yeah. yeah. So, so how was it being in that sort of system? Like, you know, from being freelance to now being in a system? They treated me like a staff member, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't given benefits, which is, it was good for my, for my growth as a writer and as a reporter, because I did get to report on things and help with some video, like production and stuff, as far as like coming up with questions for stuff when they needed it. Yeah. You know, I got to carry out some of my pitch pitches that I was working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was good for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I took that part. Yeah. And I would say they gave me some, like, in-office mm-hmm. working with a team experience. Mm-hmm. And I still stay in contact with those people. Mm-hmm. But it's just when I look back, I'm like, wow. All of these, like, young... A lot of my colleagues were under 25. And we just weren't getting any, like healthcare you had to pay for that you mm-hmm. had to you know and I could pay for it because I was getting paid consistently right. it was just yeah wow okay yeah I mean we were just talking about that I feel like the, the permalance lifestyle it's like at least for generations prior to us you know you know, you can almost feel like your job was investing into you you know as much as yeah. you were investing into your work um, but now I guess more and more at least in New York for we, we live the experience has been for most of us it's like there isn't really a lot of investment in the well-being or the improvement or the growth of yeah. the people who are, you know, creating or, or giving their gifts and talents. It's more just sort of... Be we, happy. Yeah, with- just be happy and we'll have like as minimal connection or investment into you as a person. And it's, it's yeah, it's definitely an interesting time. Also, too, I also want to just say, you know, I, I want to give you, you know, acknowledgement just for also the power of commitment. I feel like you've been committed to your passion for your entire career yeah your entire professional career and that's that speaks volumes i feel like the fact that you were able to tap into what you wanted to do as early as 14 15 years old and then have you know found opportunities and really created opportunities for yourself to be able to you know continue in that passion is something that should be like praised yeah you know i feel like you know it's, it's definitely definitely thank like, you yeah you know it's it's, a, it's it's actually a very brave thing to do you know when like I, I can only imagine where like there's so many forces telling us all to like literally like <sighs> almost like not 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 give up but almost like you know that's nice what you you know are passionate about but you know just 
do something more realistic, you know, yeah. or do something that will at least, you know, pay really quickly, you know. But when you're committed to something and believe in something and understand, like, being able to express your opinion and your perspective is a part of who you are. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Especially at that age, is like mm. I felt, you know, what I'm only 22, 23. I mm. have to give this a shot, like mm. if no other time now, you know. So that was for me. I had the youth on my side, the the mm. age on my side, where I could stay up late and just get things done. And I, I just was so hungry mm. to just do it, you know. And I stayed at that job for three years. And I ended up leaving to do traveling mm -hmm. for a few months. And I didn't know if I was going to have a job or not. But right. I just went and did it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a whole experience. Yeah. How, yeah. how was traveling for you? It was good. I So I had went to Johannesburg, Cape Town. Then I went to Europe. And I did um, Barcelona, uh, Madrid mm. and then I went to Italy and I did Venice mm. uh, Rome and um, yeah I did that and then I went to Amsterdam Paris and then I went to London because I have a lot of cousins out there so I ended up spending like a lot of time with them nice. so I got to do like a nice little like three month thing yeah. um, and it was cool because I was also doing like my storytelling project at the time mm. so I started I think I mentioned before I had started my own blog when I was a senior at Howard. Um, I had quit that student magazine because it was it was some drama. And then um, the student newspaper, like something happened with that. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to work on my own blog. And it was called originally. So it was supposed to be a book of essays about uh, relationships and self-love and all these things from uh young adults perspective so it's supposed to be called conversations of the heart i went to this whole like they had a business plan competition at my school mm -hmm. and like they gave everybody an advisor mm -hmm. so i went and i got an advisor and he, he helped me do like a business plan mm -hmm. and when i sat down with him he was like so you want to do a book how about you just make this into like a whole media thing a media mm -hmm. company and i was like Oh yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> like, yeah, why not? I went back um, and I revamped everything, and mm. then I did like a whole um, business plan, mm. and I changed the names to, to be Hearts Converse, which is mm. what what I go under for my like all for all like uh, those personal blogs that mm. I post with like people and those profiles. That's all right. under there, right? right. Um, so. Parts Converse is basically relationships, life, and culture from a young adult's perspective. Mm. Um, primarily black um, young adults, millennial adults. Yeah. So I did the business plan. I ended up winning second place. Nice. So I was in the, I remember the day I went to like, when they announced everything, I'm in the room like, okay, let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> and they're like, Hearts Converse. I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> so I won like $2,000 that hey. day. And it was like, it was like 60 people that mm. entered that competition. Wow. So I was like, wow, like I got some, it was another another sign that I have ideas that matter, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Mm. And it started with just blogs. If you, I don't even, the site is not up anymore right now, but it was just a bunch of blogs about my friends would write for it and all this stuff. And then it turned into events like so i was doing these conversation events where i would yes. get people together yeah. like 20 people mm -hmm. and we talk about different topics um a lot of them were submitted by like my friends who mm -hmm. just said i want to talk about social media and 
relationships or I want to talk about, you know, self-care or like finding yourself. So it was a way to get out of my head and say, oh, wow, everybody's going through the same thing. Yeah. So I did a couple of those over the years. I, I just want to say those events, by the way, <laughs> I don't know if I even went to one, but just even like seeing and understanding the concept of them, they were very much ahead of their time. I'll just say that. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there are events where people talk and stuff like that, but I feel like how you sort of like conducted it, like the context, it didn't feel like a panel discussion. It just felt like a kickback that involved real conversation. And I, I just love that concept. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just want to say You that. get it. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly <laughs> what my mindset was. I don't want to do a panel because we, we do too many panels and people are just oh, I listen to the same four people talk and the, the same people do panels. But it's like, I want to hear from the people in the audience mm. all the time. So let's make it an open circle, like a rap session where we're talking openly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was that's always been my thing to do it that way because I feel there's more, it's more democratic. It's like more openness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and every conversation, you just learn something different about identity and like, because... Once you leave college, there's no op you don't always have opportunities to sit with people mm. that look like you and talk about what you're going through. Like right. they just don't exist. And so, you know, I haven't been able to do them as often as I want, but when I can, I would do them. Cool. And so then I also did going back to going abroad, mm. I did like the storytelling where I would profile people yes. about and it was always about them. Mm. Like it was different than it wasn't traditional journalism in a sense that I came in with what I had my my reporting and say, okay, like, this is what I researched. Could you tell me about this? It was mm. more so, it was more collaborative because yeah. I would ask them in advance, like, what's on your mind? Name three things that made you upset recently and name three things that made you, like, really happy. Mm. And then whatever they told me, I would build the questions around that. Mm. So that's why every interview felt very, like, personal because it was yeah. always about them yeah like, definitely yeah. yeah i can definitely say that i just you did you did a, like a really good job of like making it very personal and also like you almost felt like you got to know the person that mm -hmm. you were profiling like as a reader or as like a listener i felt like people were able to sort of like actually connect mm -hmm. with those people that you, you've profiled that just is also just a testament to your journalism like i was saying to you earlier it's your ability to sort of understand like the story that needs to be told. You can do a good job of sort of painting those pictures for people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so so I, I, I also like am interested that like we were talking about from your perspective as a writer, how do you just see the landscape, you know, today, like with journalism and, and, and how it's sort of um, conducted? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, I feel like I'm sort of part of a final breed in a weird, sad way. Please explain. <laughs> because... <laughs> I feel like I'm part of a generation of journalists who, you know, my professors taught us in a very traditional way mm. um, how to report, how to take your time, how to how to do things in a very thorough way. And so when I got out of school, that was my approach. Mm. Then as I'm working for the internet, things are getting faster. Then you have the rise of social media now basically dictating what articles are going to be and not so much the editors and you know the taste of the people on the inside of the newsroom mm, it's more reactive right yeah and so when you're dealing with that you have to switch up you have to write faster there's not enough time to do mm. in-depth things 
people aren't reading as much mm. or people's attention span is not as like yeah so yeah. videos are shorter articles have to be shorter and the only time people will read or watch something super in depth it has to be like sensational in a way or like mm. super shocking like oh mm. man this is crazy um and so it really challenges you to say okay how do i be of quality but also fast and so that's what i had to do to keep my jobs and to and there's been times where i wasn't always meeting goals and i'm not the only one that can talk about this but when you're working for a publication there are traffic meetings and it's not about the quality of the story it's about did this hit this number and if it didn't it's like okay maybe we do less of that you know or the you know this this writer didn't hit as many of the the goals that month so then they're like okay how can we get you up to speed to the traffic goal mm-hmm. blah 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 so i went through a lot of that at all of my jobs um and it's not it's very standard yeah. if you're a writer you're going through that if you're an editor mm-hmm. you're being surveilled like constantly about traffic mm-hmm. uh, and so that's the digital era now it's more so about numbers and People are getting, I don't know if you saw it, but so many people got laid off in no, mm. between November and January at all these websites, um, including me. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I had my job for almost a year and I was, the company shut down. Mm. And I could talk more about being on a union and how like I was in this uh, news union and learning about the organizing side of things. Mm. Uh, that's a whole nother yeah. thing. <laughs> But that experience was like, yo, everybody's going through this. Mm. And I feel bad now because I have younger people coming to me and asking me, should I do this? Advice. And I'm like, I feel bad because I don't want to kill your dream and Mm. say, don't go into this. Mm. But I try to be realistic and say, hey, this can be fulfilling for you Mm. if you end up somewhere that can help you grow. Mm. But everybody doesn't end up in those spaces so don't don't place your value on these companies like that's always like my standard like advice (laughs) because they will literally it can bring you down so you have to really 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 recognize your worth first and foremost and put quality first at all times like yeah 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 i think that's that's the important part it's like understanding your value and understanding your value in the context, whether you're in certain companies or if you're working for yourself, it's always about valuing yourself mm-hmm. in those situations. So yeah, I hear you on that. And yeah, I feel like it's it's such an interesting time we're living in right now. And for you, like even as someone who is like a writer and works as a writer, just your passion for literature and writing, um, you know, is that something that that you're also like tapping into in terms of? You know, it's interesting you say that because I'm trying to think of other ways to write now mm-hmm. because, okay, I did this journalism thing for many years. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious into, I'm curious about tapping into more visual stuff like documentaries because mm-hmm. documentaries is, it's kind of using that same skill set of research and digging into a story and going in depth and taking the time to understand something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to do more of, I've never worked on a documentary, but that's what, something I would like to be doing in the yeah. near future. Um, and then screenwriting and all that, like 
I'm like, there's so many other ways to use my skills yeah. and still keep culture as a as a lens to yeah. like explore the world. Yeah. You know, it's a process. So literally, like I said before, I'm in this transitional state. And so I'm literally at the beginning of I almost feel like when you start school on the first day, <laughs> but not even like mm. this is not twelfth grade. I feel like I'm at ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. That's a very <laughs> yeah. Concept, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm. like I don't even feel like I'm about to graduate. I feel like mm. I just finished one thing and I feel like I'm being pushed into a new phase. Mm. It's hard to really describe because I'm still I'm still trying to find like the language for what I'm going yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm going through something right, right, <laughs> right now. Absolutely. As far as my relationship with my craft and my like talent. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's yeah, I'm working through it. I hear you, and, <laughs> and I'm actually excited because I feel like yeah, you are on like the verge of like your your new you know beginning. So like I'm looking forward to seeing what that becomes. You know. Thank you. I Absolutely. appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> and I think that, like, you know, even just sort of seeing the consistency in the work that you've done, it could be multiple different forms of expression or different types of writing that you get involved in. I feel like, you know, it's still going to carry a, a, a truth to it. So I feel like it's going to be good. It's going to be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, so yeah. Um, how can people find you online um, yeah. and just stay, stay connected with so you? So I'm reworking my website. So... <laughs> The best place to find me is on Twitter and Instagram. I'm pretty like active on both. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Twitter is Natalasia underscore, so N A T E L E G E underscore, and my Instagram is just my first name N A T E L E G E, and I usually keep people up to date with like what I'm working on Dope. on both. Yeah. So well, once again, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you sharing with us. You know? Thanks for it having me. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So. This is Taj Alexander on the Open Canvas with my friend. Natalasia. And we're out. Thank you. Thanks. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.